I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina, and today we're going to be depressed. (laughs) If we are... I was a, a little part of my expectation. I was not expecting this movie to be so heavy. You so, texted me. You texted me, and you were like, "I started it, and it's like super heavy." And I was like, "Oh no!" I had to watch this in two sittings. Like I could not finish it. The, oh. the, just in one sitting, it was like too much for me. I just whoop, plowed right through. <laughs> Um, Christina, I do need to tell you something, though. Yes, tell me. So, this week, a very important movie trailer came out for a very important movie that's coming out in the fall. Oh, I think I know. I think I know where this is going. Do you know what it is? Oh, what is it? The Kings of Nork? Or, like, the Saints of Nork? The Saints of Nork, yes. Hold on. Is that the official thing? I sent it to a bunch of people. But yes, the, it is the prequel to The Sopranos, yeah. and James Gandolfini's son plays a young James Gandolfini, which I really? love. I didn't know that was his son. Yes, that is his son. Oh my god, that's so exciting. Also, do you know who else is in that friggin' trailer? The Many Saints of Nork is the, ti- the title of the movie, The Many Saints yeah. of Nork. That's it. The guy who plays Lee Iacocca. Right? From Ford versus Ferrari. He's in it too. Yes, I believe so. But in the movie, movie, I was like watching the end and they just showed like the actors who were going to be in it. Leslie Odom Jr. is going to be in that movie. Really? Yes. Man, oh man. Is he everywhere. Good for him. Yeah. So very excited for that. But I, fun fact, which I'm not really proud of, I've never watched The Sopranos all the way through. I've like watched the first season, but never all of it. So I told Nick, I was like, we got to watch all of it. And he's like, all right, we can do it by the fall. It's not a problem. Hey. What? I'm going to make you feel better. You haven't watched it either? My last name is Mastroni. My mother's last name is Denoya. My grandmother's last name is Karochi. And I have not seen a single... (laughs) episode of the Sopranos. really correct i've seen at least i mean i've started it because i'm like i know that i need to watch it and i've really really enjoyed it because it's not it's like a little slice of life show and but it's also mobsters which is weird but it's not like overly dramatic and also just like the new jersey aspect of it and the like the pronunciation of everything has it just makes it wonderful so i it's it's so funny to hear all of I actually I think I might have seen the pilot. I remember the ducks. Yes, the ducks. Okay, so maybe I did see the pilot, but I'm like Italian from New Jersey, living a town away from Nork, and have only watched one episode of The Sopranos, and that was recently. You met Tony Soprano as a I young child. Tony Soprano, but I will save that story for when we do the movie on the podcast. Okay. You told, 
that. You told it before on the podcast. I did? Oh. Yeah, I think in like our early, early episode. I don't remember. I don't remember what episode would I even say that in the Irishman? I think, it, I think it was like the beginning episode, like our first intro episode. Really? Yeah, you told that story. I'm dumb. <laughs> I should have pocketed that one. Should have saved that one. I'll tell it again. Nobody listens to the intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, I've watched it and I've told a lot of people this and a lot of people are like, what is wrong with you? Tony's mother is one of my favorite characters because she's such a pain in the ass, but she's so funny. Like one of her big things that just sticks out in my brain is like she finds out that her son is going to a psychiatrist and she tells her grandson, she's like, your father goes to a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist. He goes to a psychiatrist and she's like, <laughs> Probably because his mother was so terrible so she could he could go and complain about me. She's just such a pain in the ass and I love her to death. That's how so Dave used to tell because Dave's seen it all like four times. Yeah. But he makes these references to me and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like he he bought he's like, I bought some gobble and I'm like Okay. <laughs> what are you quoting? You gonna eat it? Are you quoting like, you every doing? relative of mine who's ever gone to the deli? Like, well, I don't know what you're quoting here. And to piggyback off of that, I made fun of him because he made cabanade the other day. And I was like, you bought Romano and Parmesan? You didn't get the Romano Parmesan blend? <laughs> and he's like, no, separate. But yeah, so he's like, this is how you eat gabagool. And he like, flicks it to the back of his mouth and I'm like, I don't get it. Why do you eat it that way? He's like, you don't know what that's from? I'm like, nope. I will tell you that there have been so many times where people start talking about the Sopranos in front of me and they just spoil it and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the spoilers, but I'm like come on I didn't want to know that person died and they're like you've never watched it and then it's also like Danielle that show ended in 2000 and what like the spoilers are done like I think we were in college when it ended no when did it end no I feel like it has to be at least um Sopranos last episode I want to say at least like 2004 2006 yeah. No, really? Yeah, it, at least high school. 2007. It ended in no, It ended in 2007? Yeah. Last episode of The Sopranos aired June 10, 2007. Almost 12 million people tune in for the series finale of HBO's critically acclaimed multi-award-winning mob family drama The Sopranos. How many, hey, how many adjectives? Pick one. Because I knew that The Sopranos started around the same time as Sex and the City, which was like 99. So it was like The Sopranos, uh, Sex and the City, and then they also did um, Six Feet Under. They greenlit all those episodes. So whoever was doing HBO back in 1999, they greenlit some great television shows that really shaped television for us today they were doing it right they were they were ahead of their time so that's why i knew that it could not have been when we were in college that, that would have been sense. on for so long that's true all right i i, re- I retract my statement i want to say that james james gandolfini died when we were in college he died in like he had to have died in like 2013 wait he did the one movie 
I watched it. I watched it. James Gandalf. I definitely can't spell. Uh, 2013, you're correct. That's correct. I was right. Yeah. In Rome. He has the same birthday as Nicholas. Doesn't I don't think Nicholas knows that. June 19th? Uh, no, he uh, James Gandolfini was born September 18th, which is uh, Nicholas's birthday. Huh. He died. He's Virgo. Yeah, he did the one movie. Oh, what the heck was it called? Oh, my God. It was the last thing he did. They It, it actually was in production after he died. Um, he did it with what? From Seinfeld. Jerry? Enough, enough said. Enough said. That Enough's was the last thing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was in the night of or something. No, but... he was a producer of the night of. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which we still need to do on this podcast because I freaking love that show. Apparently, he was in the drop that came out in 2014. I didn't watch that. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh. Bob Sanowski, what a name, huh? Finds himself at the center of a robbery gone awry, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so Enough Said was like, I think the one thing that he did that wasn't like mob related. Oh, okay. Like, actually saw him in a, well, I didn't really watch The Sopranos. I watched like clips of it when I was a kid. So like, I, you know, you get the gist of it, you right? Just. I, I basically lived with Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> Legal version, if you will. <laughs> Soprano, you know? So like, I don't know how many clips I got to see. I don't know how many quotes I got to hear. Uh, <laughs> Did your dad flick the gabagool in the my back father, of his mouth? My father used to walk into a room and they would be like, you know, your father looks like Tony. So I was like, all right, enough. <laughs> we got it. All right. They used to call him Tony. I will Wait. never forget when your dad knocked something over and he just goes, ah, yes, this is ass. He, he always had the comment. It was fantastic. That's a fan favorite. That really is a fan favorite in the Maustroni household. <laughs> Except, uh, we used to have, I think it was my Aunt Jean, who smoked quite a bit, and her voice was quite raspy. So when she said it, it was kind of like, ah, your sister's is. <laughs> really, the appropriate way. <laughs> we all made our own variations after. <laughs> all of this has absolutely nothing to do with the movie that we're going to talk about today, no. I was digging for a transition, and I... We nope. got nothing. We give you the peppy, so let's talk about a very, very depressing movie now. <laughs> now that we're having fun. <laughs> let's talk about heroin addiction and oh. anti-lynching bills that have never been passed. Oh. All right, so we're going to talk about United States versus Billie Holiday. Which is, uh, I would also like to preface this. Maybe this is a thing that we should start doing. If you have kids, do not have them in the room with you. Nope. At all. Nope. While you're watching this movie. No. It is very much rated R. It is, yes. And on Hulu. Yes, it is on Hulu. So um, let's talk about these nominations, shall we? At the Academy Awards, Andra Day was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Um, that was the single nomination at the Academy Awards. And then at the Golden Globes, she actually won Best Mo uh, Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. And then she all, um, the, uh, the song T Tigress and Tweed was nominated for Best Song in a Motion Picture. Okay. So. 
So this depicted the struggle for famous singer Billie Holiday. We saw clips of Holiday's career, her relationships with others, her struggling with narcotics, and the song that became known by Time Magazine as the song of the century. So let's get into our character list. Our main character, surprise, surprise, is Billie Holiday, played by what? Andre. Day. No. <laughs> played by Andre Day. She's a famous jazz singer in the 40s who sees the serious injustices towards the black, the black community in America. Uh, she's prompted to write the song Strange Fruit that makes her the FBI number one target. Okay, maybe not number one target, but definitely she's up there as um, like... Like super target. Yeah. This guy was a stage five clinger. I'm saying that now because I don't know if you put that in your notes, but like, my God, was he obsessed. Yeah, like uh, Billie Holiday had a big target on her back and FBI was trying to get a bullseye. So obviously they cannot convict her for the song, but they can go after her for her drug use. Uh, she is addicted to heroin and uses it as a coping mass me uh, mechanism. The FBI is headed by Harry Anslinger, played by Garrett Hudland. <laughs> Christy and I had a whole conversation about what his name was, and then, of course, it led to the hash-slinging, the slash-bringing. Well, so preface this, right? In my, in my notes, I must have spelled his name seven different ways. At Singer was one, the I was way like, I saw guessing. it. I was just guessing in my notes. Maybe this is right. And then Danielle was like, so I just want you to know. I'm like, I know what you're going to say. Yes. It's Ann Slinger. It was Ann Slinger. It was At Slinger. It was Ant Slinger. Aslinger. The, the, the possibilities were The slash ringing. <laughs> so Ann Slinger appoints a young agent, Jimmy Fletcher, played by Trevante Rhodes, uh, to go undercover and woo Billy and also, like, plant some heroin on her. But the joke's on Anslinger because Fletcher falls for Miss Holiday and works to protect her from the FBI. A little double agent. Uh, Billy, double agent, is that right? I don't think that's right. Okay, whatever. Moving on. No, she's in a double agent. <laughs> she is in a double agent. Don't know what the word double agent means. I'll look it up later. Um, <laughs> Billy's two right hands are Rosalind, played by Divine Joy Randolph, and Miss Freddy, played by... Coincidentally enough, the actor's name who played Miss Freddy is named Miss Lawrence. So go figure on that one. So throughout the movie, there's a lot of discussion over whether or not she can sing Strange Fruit. We see it throughout the movie. You know, Billy wants to sing it. The, um, the people there keep telling her, no, you can't sing this, this song. Um, it's... Uh, you'll get like the crowd won't allow it the uh the club people won't allow it the fbi won't allow it um so we see this throughout the movie it isn't until she stops to pee on the side of the road in the south wearing a phenomenal dress but we'll get into that later <laughs> that we see how much the song strange fruit means to billy um, she uh, hears some crying while she's peeing and she witnesses the aftermath of a lynching and that leads to kind of like this this montage of her going back to heroin because at this point you know she was clean and this was this reignition of her heroin addiction and then it ends with her on stage in the south singing strange fruit and the headline saying that you know as an act of defiance she sings strange fruit um after this she realizes that jimmy is still working with the fbi 
and she kind of breaks up with him even though the, they were had their whole thing going. So they break up, and she goes back with her husband, who's a mob guy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, life moves on for Billy, and we see her get arrested again for heroin possession with her, her mobster husband. Um, and then her health seriously starts to decline. She's bedridden on her last legs, yet the FBI still plant heroin on her, and they still handcuff her to the bed. So I kind of summed up this climax because I really didn't know where the climax was. So I was hoping you could wrap it up for me. <laughs> well, so you, okay. I'll just, I'm going to just say what I have. You, t- you stepped into a little bit of what I have, but yeah, Billy gets cirrhosis. Let me just go back and as to why she's in the hospital. Yeah. Her liver, her liver isn't working. So she's put in the hospital. She lays there dying and she's visited by Jimmy, her second husband with, I think, divorce papers. And then... Not Jimmy. At, Jim, Jimmy's not her second husband. No, oh, you said Jimmy, Jimmy and her, her second lover, husband. Her lover is Jimmy, the yeah. second husband, yeah, who came in. Because she was really with three abusive men, but the second one was married to somebody else, so they never got married. So this was her second husband. It could be more, but that's just what we saw. What we've seen. Yeah. Um, she was also visited by At Slinger. No, Ann Slinger. Try again. Ann Slinger who wants her to confess on a recording. Billy does no such thing. She goes on to say that she's not taking back strange fruit. She will not stop singing it. And the line, perhaps the line of the movie, is that his grandkids will be singing strange fruit. She then bursts into laughter and everyone leaves the hospital. On July 17th, 1959, Billie Holiday died at 44 years of age. We see a shot of her ankle cuffed to the hospital bed. And then we find out that narcotics agents claiming to have found heroin on her arrested her as she lay dying. We see a shot of Jimmy not being able to get into his apartment. I think that's what was happening there. I believe so. They barricaded him out of his apartment or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then we see shots of Billy um, with the actual funeral. Harry... Anslinger. There you go. His name's not important. But anyway, remained the commissioner of the FBI narcotics until he retired at the age of 70. He, there is a shot of President JFK awarding him for his, quote, dedicating efforts to combat illegal traffic of narcotic drugs, end quote, and that he has, quote, earned the respect of the world community, unquote, signed JFK. Jimmy Fletcher regretted his actions while working for Anslinger. Oh, I spelled it right there. (laughs) And the U.S. government until the day he died. In 1978, Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Time Magazine named it the Song of the Century. In February 2020, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was considered by the Senate. It has yet to pass. And those are the last words we see on the screen. Before the credits roll, and then there's a cute little dance between Jimmy and Billy. But I think they're like being who they, like the personalities are not necessarily the characters that they play, but they still have the voices of the characters that they play. It's like a cute little dance that they do. I think I missed that. Yeah. I must have missed that. 
It was cute. So IMDb gave it a 6.3 out of 10. The Metacritic meta score was a 52 and the user score was a 5.6. So the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 56% and the audience gave it an 81%. So considerably higher rated by the audience. So I'm going to, Danielle and I find reviews for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes we agree with them. Sometimes we disagree with them. Sometimes we want to get each other upset. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly me getting Christina upset. Yep. That's, you know, that's Danielle. Danielle decides when I need a little more aggravation in my life. That's how, when you've been friends with somebody for 20 years plus, Oh my God, it's well more than 20 years at this point. It's like 25 years at this point. Wow. I like to push buttons. When you have a quarter century of friendship, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. (laughs) So this review is none of those things. It's merely just to provide um, a different insight, I guess, is the best way to describe this. So I have two, but I'm going to read the first one. Because the second one mainly talks about how everybody said, I will say this, I just want to preface this, that Andrea Day's performance was fantastic. Some people said it was the greatest thing about it. Some people said it was the only good thing about it. So Mm -hmm. all around, that was very much um, a consensus. So this is a four out of 10. It's titled Lady Day versus Fake History. Lady Day deserves much better than this. I will also say that this person's vocabulary is maybe superior to mine. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best. Okay. And I have a pretty decent vocabulary. Yeah. So um, much better than this muddled, often tedious, and substantially uh, apocritical biopic from Lee Daniels. And this telling of Billie Holiday's life, the song... Strange Fruit becomes central to the narrative with government forces determined to stop her singing the mournful song, afraid that it would ignite a civil rights movement. At one point, she is even dragged from the stage after singing just a few, just the few first lines. The problem with all of this is that it never happened. Federal Narcotics Chief Harry Anslinger <laughs> apparently claimed in his letters that he, quote, asked unquote, quote, asked. Why is that so hard to say? (laughs) Asked. I could say it like Christopher Walken, axed. (laughs) It's a soprano talk beforehand. You wanted to say axed. I know. Uh, Unquote, Holiday, not to sing the song, but even if that's true, that's about as far as that went. Holiday was never dragged off the stage for singing the song. In fact, she sang the song in that very concert in which the film depicts this as, ha- this as happening. In any case, the civil rights movement was already a growing force long before Strange Fruit became a popular protest song. As for Billy, she was never especially political and was intentionally ambivalent about performing Strange Fruit. She was convinced more by the way that it would dramatically that it would be dramatically staged as a final number than by any notions about the political clout of the lyrics. So to make this song central to her life and to have Billy so passionate about performing it at any cost is in itself dishonest. Mm -hmm. But then so much of Daniels' film from the weird Quentin Crisp-like Reginald Lord Divine character who interviews Billy, 
he never existed. To the wrong, this is because it was in parentheses. Okay. I put, okay, you get it. I get it. They won't get it, but I get I, it. I mimed parentheses around my face. <laughs> the romantic affair with the FBI agent Jemmy Fletcher for which there is zero evidence. The best the film offers brief glimpses into the reality of Billy's life but they are so swamped with um, fogginess that you will have trouble identifying them which makes this a pretty messed up biopic and extremely half-assed tribute to the great singer. The only saving grace in all of this is Andrea Day, who manages to look and sound like Billy for the most part. But even here, there are caveats. You can't blame a human being for that. You'd have to be a damn sociopath. Anyway, <laughs> Day's performance of holiday songs are more impressive as vocal impressions than they are for evoking emotion and pathos that made Billy legendary. And sad to say, her rendition of Strange Fruit is oddly stilted, almost bland not to mention severely truncated. Never mind that this is the song the entire film revolves around. Strange indeed. The person used the word pathos and truncated. So yes, they have a pretty decent vocabulary. Yeah, well, I use pathos a lot. But anyway, um, I was just reading this and it kind of just seemed like my pal Oz Josh 035 was ready to dish the fish. So I was like, all right, let's. They dished it. Um, you know what? It's very funny that that was your review because can I read my review? It's three sentences. And I feel like it's just a less wordy way to say like everything you said. Okay, go. It says three star review. Come for the surface introduction to Holiday's remarkable and challenging life. Stay for Andre Day's weathered sultry performance. Tolerate Daniel's slide into lurid sensationalism and episodic timelining that misses an overarching connection. <laughs> That's it. Hot damn, the fish are dished. You smell that? <laughs> smells like God. <laughs> smells like Christmas Eve. <laughs> I smell some salmon coming my way. <laughs> salmon? Salmon. Oh boy. So, uh, okay, a lot to say. Um, I will agree that Andre Day was incredible. Absolutely. That's my high. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all, like, there's a reason she won the Golden Globe. I think that's completely justified. Um, now, at the Oscars, she lost to Frances McDormand. What do you think about that? I don't remember who else was nominated. I can tell you because I actually put it yeah. put it up here. Okay. Because I figured this would come up. So Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. Viola Davis was nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Andre's Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. And then the two other movies we have not watched. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. And Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. So let me explain why I think this was so good. Because I think that she really had to go through a stage of emotion, no pun intended, but she really had a wide range of like emotions and sub emotions, like the different ways that she experienced fear, the different ways that she experienced angst. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I'm getting chills really just talking about it. And I, I don't want to say it because it's a, it's definitely a hot topic, but a lot of the reviews talked about the script really not being that great for 
United States versus Billie Holiday. And I don't think that this is fair, but I think it's worth noting because it's almost impossible to be unbiased here. Yeah. To not have a bias because you have like um, a script that's like, okay, with this amazing acting, but then you have more really, really, really great acting with a, a unique idea that's really not done often, a new approach to cinema, which is Nomadland, right? I mean, yeah. we haven't seen anything like that in quite some time. Yeah, and it was more... This, this is our 92nd episode, so. Yeah, that was more of acting, but also, like, working with... It was very similar to Borat in the sense that, like, they're acting, but they're also playing off of real people and their reactions. So I think, so yeah, exactly. So I think that everybody's a good actor for different reasons. I think Andrea Day carried. Andrea. 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 I apologize. I made her Italian for a second. I called her Andrea. Andrea. She's about to go sing. (laughs) Sorry, Andrea. I think that she carried this movie. I agree. And I think if you compare it to Renee Zellweger, who won last year, then yeah. She did it all. Andre Day did it all. For some reason, this movie, and again, not to compare, but you know what? We're going to compare. This movie did remind me of Judy in the sense that it's a person who's struggling with addiction, who is in the spotlight, um, and is, and then for, in this case, we do see her older and what happens to her later in life. Um, but... I feel like this was so much, much, much darker than Judy Garland. And it's also interesting, she does mention Judy Garland. She kept saying, like, I'm waiting for them to put me in a rehab like they do with all, uh, like, uh, Judy Garland and everyone else. So, interesting that they bring that up. Um, So, I agree that I think that she did carry this movie. Um, However, next to Andre Day is whoever did the costumes for this movie should have been awarded like th- these have to be my favorite costumes out of any movie that we've done on this podcast who, who won costumes wasn't it ma rainey's uh black bottom i believe so i believe you think so costumes were better here it was different i think like the des- the dresses were so absolutely stunning and that's what like through me where like ma rainey's black bottom they they weren't supposed to be stunning the costumes were good there do not get me wrong but these costumes the dresses were beautiful oh like also consider the fact that most of ma rainey happened in a room in a day in a day where like we see billy going through multiple outfit changes multiple evening gowns with her white gloves to cover up her heroin uh tracks like just right but so it has to be over the, this movie has to be over the course of what, 20, at least 10 years. Doesn't because it start, it starts at in the 30s and doesn't it end in like 50 something? I thought it started in the 40s and it, well, she dies in 1959. So you're going at least 10 years. I think it started 37, if I'm not mistaken. So then we're talking over 20 years yeah. in this which leads me to my lows. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right, so the difference with this is when you do a biopic, 
based on all the biopics that we've seen, when you do a biopic like Judy, where you're, it's biopics about Judy Garland are almost, almost overly done. There's yeah. so many, right? Yes. There's so much out there. There's not as much out there about Billy Holly. No. And it's, it's just the way it is, right? There's just so many things that have been done about Judy Garland. Okay, fine, whatever. So you take a biopic and you focus, you magnify, you take her entire lifespan and you put a big old magnifying glass around the moment right before her death. Fine. Then you can dive into like how she got high from the drugs, how she went through withdrawal, um, how she responded in like little teeny tiny situations. But when you take a movie that's 20 years, 20 years long, I, I need more about the whole career. I need more about like, there were just like, there was just like one moment where she's signing something, like one moment where she let people in the room, one moment where she flirts with somebody that she's interested in. So we learn about the type of guy that she likes. We only saw like one conversation with her and Tallulah and they apparently had such a strong bond. I feel like more of her needed to be there in less time. Two hours and 10 minutes is a long time. I understand that it's 20 years, but I, I feel like if I had to choose one versus the other, I would choose having more about her, more about her in addition to like what we saw, but like, I don't know, more about her life. I agree because we only got one flashback from that interaction with her and her mom where her mom is kicking her out of the uh, like the brothel that she's living in. And then, I mean, I left it being like, how did Billie Holiday go from being homeless or like getting kicked out of a brothel to becoming Billie Holiday? That, right. that's not explained. And I agree with you that like, I feel like that could have been explained a little bit more. I feel like the, this, this movie was weird because it was slow, but it was also rushed at the same time. Like they brushed over that, but also like the pacing was just very, very slow. Like she was with this husband, then she went with the other husband, and then she went back with this husband, and then she was in jail, and then she got out, and then she was back with the, it seemed like, it was very cyclical what was happening to her and it seemed to be happening very slowly and not like nothing really new happened until the end when she died yeah and i mean i started to notice that as soon as we just brushed over by the way she's divorced from her first husband they kind of just used the line as a cop-out mm -hmm. to explain that situation yeah we didn't see it happen. We didn't see him leave. Like it was just, he, he, she was flirting with somebody else. And she, the, the guy, the guy was like, uh, Oh, well, you know, you divorced your husband. Right. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt like the climax needed to be a little bit clear, but that's the writing, not the acting. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, this is a low for me, but it's just, this movie is so incredibly heavy and there is literally zero comic relief. I did not laugh once at this movie. Oh, I did. Oh, I forget. <laughs> when, they're, when, the, when, the, when the bus breaks down. Yeah. And they're playing like baseball outside. Yeah. But like makeshift baseball. And he's smoking a cigarette and he's trying to hit the ball and he's like, I can't see, I got smoke in my eye. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. 
that was it. Yeah, that was the only time you laugh. <laughs> Don't look away from the television, you're going to miss it. it the first time. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right, well, what did you eat while watching this? I only had coffee. And I, I just want to preface it by saying, I think it's, I think because it's so heavy, I think it's probably worth it to like maybe eat your dinner beforehand. Yeah. Um, anything more than popcorn, if that, I really wouldn't recommend. I'd like eat before. Yeah. And yeah. this isn't a date night movie. No, no. This is a very, very heavy movie. I, I mean, how many times have I said that this is a heavy movie? I've said it a lot of times. <laughs> The heavy cream of movies. Oof. Oof. It is the condensed milk of movies. It is the cottage cheese. No. I'll stop there. Uh, I had, I did not take your advice and I had lunch while I was watching this. So I had chicken and broccoli sauteed with like olive oil and garlic. I mean, I was fine with it, but it was just, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Agreed. So as far as expectation versus reality goes, I know I talked about mine a little bit in the beginning. Um, mm. I really knew nothing about Billie Holiday before watching this, but when I started watching this and they first mentioned Strange Fruit, I was like, why do I know that phrase? Like that phrase sounds very, very familiar. Like they didn't even play the song yet. It's like, why, like, why, I feel like, I'm one of those people, which is why I constantly sing during this podcast, that just little phrases set off songs in my head, and that's why I'm constantly singing. So when they said Strange Fruit, I was like, there's a song that I know that has this. So, and then I started my, the wheel started turning in my head, turning around, and I had to hit pause because I had to look this up. So there is a Kanye West song called blood on the leaves and it samples strange fruit i looked it up sung by nina simone but nina simone did a uh her her cover of billy holiday's song so i looked up the billy holiday song first and i'm like that it's blood on the leaves by kanye west that is why i know this the term strange fruit which then goes back to billy's thing Billy's comment to Anslinger saying your grandchildren will be singing this song your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will be singing this song because Kanye West then took it and sampled it in his song Blood on the Leaves so even if they don't know Strange Fruit by Billy Holiday they'll know Kanye West Blood on the Leaves I would have I know that song yeah but like I would have never put that together. The intro is Strange Fruit hanging from the poplar tree, blood on the leaves, and then it's Kanye start rapping. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's awesome. I mean, I probably, well, let me rephrase that. I probably would have put it together, but definitely not as fast as you did. (laughs) It's just the brain, the the wires connect in my head. It was from Yeezus' album, if anyone's interested. Um, Okay. Yeah. So um, that's, I started thinking about that. And then um, I had no clue about her heroin addiction. I, to to like God's honest truth, did not know that heroin was such a big problem back then. I just thought it was more of like a contemporary issue that like sprung up in like, I would assume like the 90s or something. I didn't realize people did heroin back then. People did heroin before Kurt Cobain. Yeah, no. Kurt Cobain. Wait, did Kurt Cobain do ever do heroin? I know he. Sh- I know he died of a gunshot wound, but I. I thought he did it. Am I wrong? 
He was uh, he was on lithium. I know that. Oh, I mixed those up. It makes those up. Lithium you know why? I started illegal. watching a lot of true crime stuff right after I watched this because I was in the mood. <laughs> and so li- the lithium came up, opioids came up, Oxycontin came up. Well, um, li- yeah, lithium is like, um, it, it's for like bipolar depression, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Never mind. I messed that up. I mean, he wrote a song called Lithium, which is actually a very, very good song by Nirvana. But yes. um, what was that your... Makes, yeah, that makes more... That makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really thought that this was going to be more of like one particular... So when I hear the United States versus Billie Holiday, I think it's like one court case in particular. So I kind of thought that it was going to be a similar setup to like the trial of Chicago seven, mm-hmm. where everything goes back to the courtroom. But I thought it would be like major events in her life that kind of led her to do the actions that she did. And then like major events in like the government history at the time that led them to make the decisions that they did. So I thought it was going to be more centered around like one specific case, mm-hmm. which is why I was like, I don't know what happened here. And it, that makes sense because there was no one specific case. Yeah, I I also did think about like that there would be like a courtroom scene. Well, there was a courtroom scene, no? Yeah, there was. But I yeah. thought that it was going to be more more courtroom drama as opposed to like a biopic with like the for lack of a better word with the uh, federal government coming after her. Right. How, I also, I forgot to mention this, and I forgot to write this in my notes, but it's just reminding me of this now. Um, I watched the Amy Winehouse documentary, Amy, not too, um, like five years ago. And when I was watching this, I really thought of Amy Winehouse because when Amy, in the documentary, um, Tony Bennett was talking about Amy Winehouse and he had this really powerful quote um, Amy Winehouse's thing was that like they tried to make her like a big pop star and that wasn't for her and Tony Bennett said that a jazz singer can't sing to a big crowd like they are giving their soul to to people so they can sing to a room of like a small room of people as opposed to this big crowd which I mean Billy did have a big crowd but I saw the comparison between Billie Holiday and Amy Winehouse where they both struggled with addiction specifically heroin yeah man she's been gone for a while now huh i mean her music is amy winehouse's music was so good but she just she just again it was they tried to make her a pop star and she did not want the limelight and also like she was coming up in a time where the paparazzi was terrible that was like peak paris hilton Britney Spears, she yeah. like that was peak peak. So just terrible, absolutely terrible. Perez Hilton, who's disgusting, and I used to read his blog, and he would just like constantly f- take paparazzi photos and like edit in cocaine coming out of her nose. Just a terrible strain of bullying. People forget how mean Perez Hilton was back in the day, and how mean Yikes. everyone was back in the day. Well, what the hell? We're bringing up tweets from like decades ago when canceling people. Has Perez been canceled yet? I'm sure, but he still has his blog. He still tweets out things like he'll tweet out free Britney. It's like, um, okay, you cannot be tweeting out free Britney. If anyone in the world can be tweeting out free Britney, it's you. Don't do that. 
just stupid. But I think that he doesn't care. No, he does not. He also, one of, I just remember reading his blog. He was just so mean. Like, uh, I brought this up to Nick, too. Like, he would make fun of Misha Barton, and he called her Mushy Fartone. That's dumb. I mean, a hysterical nickname, but also really, really mean. That's so dumb. Yeah. I I read way too much of his blog, and I don't know why I did, but I did. But that's just a secret, though. I'm not saying that it's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's a secret. You to, to not getting canceled is to just not care. I mean, I was also young, and I'm it was also I was young, and it well, was like 2000 and like six it was high school time so it was probably like 2006 to 2009 that I read it and it was just like I wanted to know what was happening with celebrities and I didn't realize that what he was doing was so incredibly mean well to be fair his name was everywhere he seemed to have some clout at that time yeah I mean his blog was really really big really really big yeah. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. But I'm just saying, like he, like how you said he probably did get canceled, and that my, I'm saying that maybe the, he just didn't care, and so like we don't hear about it anymore. I mean, I th- I think people just have a general consensus that he's a terrible human being, but he still does have his blog or his website, whatever, and he's still active on Instagram and Twitter and such. So that was Otis. He went to get some water. <laughs> Sorry. Did so you, last but not least, did you have an IRL moment? Not even close. However, I do want that dress with the floral dress that was long with the fringes. I want that. Um, I want her like yellow dress with all the beadwork. I just want it, all of her dresses. They were stunning. Well, it's wedding season, so. Part of me also wanted to do a red lip after watching this. I was like, should I do a red lip? Hmm. Hmm. Just be careful from somebody who's done a red lip with the mask. It's oh, not, yeah. Not good. It's not good. True. So, you know, plan your day where you have minimal mask wearing <laughs> so that you don't, like, make a mess on your face. I mean, I, I'm not going anywhere, so I probably won't I won't do a red lip. But in my mind, I'm doing a red lip. I'll get over it. It's 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 a fleeting. Oh, it's a fleeting uh, want. Uh. Uh, okay, so there's a time when Billie Holiday is with her. I put late husband, and that's like not that's like your double agent. I looked it up, and late husband means that he's dead. The first so husband, her, her second husband. Oh, her second husband. Okay. Yeah. So they're taking pictures, and she's like, "I wasn't ready." So then they take like a dozen more photos, and we see them come up. Yeah. And I had to really um, think about this because I wasn't sure what birthday it was. I, you read my notes, but this was my thought process. I feel like it was my 25th birthday or maybe it was my 27th. But I think that my 27th was when you, Dave, and I walked around Montclair. I got my ice cream cupcake and we binge watched New Girl. And 25 was the year we went to the office and I had deep thoughts on the ride home and had to stop several times. Yes. So I think the 26th was the year because in 28 we were at yesterday's which was awesome yes 21 was quarantined so it had to be 26 okay when we went to just jake's do you remember that yes 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 it was just jake's it was just jake's because i was taking those pictures that was the second year that i was with dave right yes you know like okay all right all right anyway um, I have, I've posted on my Instagram account, a series of photos of Dave and I, but you're the only one who knows this. 
this is like a trend now, right? Where you like explain pictures, like the, the, the moments behind them. So we were leaving just Jake's and I whispered in your ear and I was like, Hey, Dave hates photos. So I need to <laughs> pretend like it would be nice for us to take a photo together so I can have a picture of Dave. And then you took a series of photos and we have many of them like as not being ready photos. And I just posted them all on a photo dump. Yep. Yep. I remember mm-hmm. taking all of those photos and I remember exactly where they were in the patio of Just Jake's. Yep. And you were like, you know, it'd be fun if like we took a picture together. And I was like, okay, Dave, like, come on, I guess we'll take a <laughs> I think you had to remind me to, because that's always, that's like a common thing for me. It's like, you tell me to do something I'm like, yeah, sure. And then like, I forget about it. And then you're like, Danielle, I'm like, oh, you know what we should do? We should take photos right now. Well, I had to, I had to remind, that's what, no, that's what you said, but I had to like, I had to like ask because I knew that Dave was going to be like, I don't, I, he's like, I hate pictures. I hate pictures. N- blah, 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 blah. Like even at our wedding, he's like, I don't want pictures of me. I'm like, you're the groom. You're getting married. <laughs> like what the hell, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't need pictures of me getting ready. I was like, all right, well, be prepared to go through like 150 photos before your face shows up when we start to look at everything. You got to you gotta do some like smile exercises, get those cheek muscles ready to go. <laughs> but this is what aggravates me. He has such a nice smile and he always, he's like Barney. He always, always looks good in a picture. Really? Yeah. Candid, amazing. I look like I'm sneezing and farting at the same time. But Dave looks great. Uh, I can't wait to see all your wedding photo outtakes. <laughs> so that's it. We did it. We did it all. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought about the United States versus Billy Holiday. Reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classicstina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Send us an email with suggestions, with reviews at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the blog, Beer, Coffee, Donuts, and the YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. All right, everyone, enjoy your weekend. If you're listening to this on Friday, happy uh, Memorial Day. Happy Fourth of July. (laughs) Usually people mess up Memorial Day and Labor Day. I I was going to say Independence Day, and it came out Memorial Day. Sorry. Well... Happy, happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. We did it. We've been a, we've been a country for so long. Yay, America. <laughs> All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Okay, bye. Bye. What's up?